0: step
1: out of your seat.
0: You can come down to the altar with us and praise the Lord. We're here to give the Lord some praise this morning.
1: Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Let's put our hands together in this place.
0: God's house. Form people will be saved. And before we pray, we want to have some housekeeping uh, information for you all. Thank you for yet coming, and we are here to know that we are here about your care and your safety and whatever you need, we have people here available at your service. To my, that is my right, your left, we have our area where we have our restrooms, uh, where you can get refreshing yourself for the men. It is by our door. Are there, that you can meet you if you are still not aware where you are to go. And for our ladies, there is our foyer in the outside uh, at our at your desk where you put your information in for our first time guests and those who are here. Our ladies' room is right next to our nursery. Just to let you know, just a little housekeeping rules, and we will yet continue to attend to your service. We are here to worship the Lord, and we're going to pray that God's Spirit will abide with us. You ready to pray?
1: Are we ready to see God do some miracles in this house?
0: Servants. use the word of God to reach the heart of the people and those who are needing healing in their body. I pray that you will touch them. I pray that revival be set here in Hamilton. I pray, Lord God, it will bring, go forth throughout the district and I pray that God will continue to bless those who are coming near and far. We believe revival is here. We believe the promises of God are here. We declare the promises of God are before us. We thank you, God, for entering to this promised land and in this promised land we're going to possess what needs to be possessed we're going to see our lives transformed we're going to see marriages made we're going to see people saved delivered set free we're going to see revival in hamilton new jersey and we're going to be the catalyst for the end time revival we pray Lord God, revival in our homes revival in our workplaces revival in our streets we believe god to do the manifestation now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we may ask or think according to the power that worketh in us that so we ask these blessings in the mighty name of Jesus can we lift our hands and lift our voices and continue to worship the Lord in Jesus name
2: Welcome home. Welcome to this new place that you can call your own. Welcome home. Welcome to the place where you can celebrate your loved ones, where you can have your child dedicated, where you can celebrate love and get married, where you can celebrate the life of a loved one when God calls them home. Welcome home. Welcome to the place where you can freely worship and praise the one and two living God with no limitations. Welcome home.
0: This place is for you. The one who may be broken and looking to be made whole. This place is for you. The one who may be feeling like you've lost your way and your identity. This place is for you. The one who has been looking for stability and purpose in your life. This place is for you. The one who has been praying for your whole family to be saved and walking with God. This place is for you. Whether you're new here or you've been with us since day one, the feeling you may experience during the service at Christ Center Church, don't it? Respond to that feeling. Because this place is for you. Welcome home.
2: Come on, shall we praise the Lord somebody? Come on, let's praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord some praise. I want you to stand to your feet. Come on, look around. We should be thankful for what the Lord, look what the Lord has done. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, look what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so amazing. God is so amazing. God is so amazing. You know, you're just looking around and you just get so speechless when it comes to the things of God and how you saw the process work coming up to this point. It was all God. And I give Him thanks. I give Him praise. I give Him honor. I give Him glory. Because if it was not for the Lord... If it was not for the Lord, we would not be in here today. He gave us one more step up. One more. He's not done yet. This is one more step up. He's showing us. And we just need to be grateful. We need to take a moment and just be grateful for what He has done. You know, for those who are at the firehouse, how we started. You saw the transition, the process. And now... To this, only God. Only God. And when the praise and worship was up here singing, you know, He came through. And I just give Him all the gratitude. I give Him all the praise and I give Him all the honor. And I have the task this morning. You may be seated. I have the task this morning of doing our offering. And this is a time of gratitude. I want you to look to your neighbor and just say, make room for my blessing. Look to your left and then look to the right of your neighbor and say, I want you to make room for my blessing. Make room for my blessing. Hallelujah. So there's a, trans- there's a way of giving. We, there's a few ways that I'm going to mention to you. But first I want to just honor my pastor and first lady for being in this house this morning, it's really, you know, because of them why I am here. They stayed with me through it all. They taught the word through every up, through every down. They stayed and they kept praying for us. So I want our, our pastor and our first lady, Barbara, and well, author and Barbara Naylor, to stand. And I want everyone just to stand and recognize them. We give honor to them. They were the first part of the stepping stone for this process as well. They are not excluded from this. Because if it was not for their teaching, their preaching, we would not be here. Come on, y'all know. Y'all know. Pastor Matt and his beautiful wife, Sister Sharon McFarland. Every other pastor and minister in the house, we give honor to them. We thank each and every one of you for being here this morning. Christ Center Church, we love you. Everyone that has taken the time out this morning, we thank you for taking the time out to be here this morning. So we are having our offering. And it's a time of Thanksgiving. Every day should be a time of Thanksgiving, right? But this morning, we're going to show that through our offering. And we have a few ways of doing that. We have our traditional envelope. We have Cash App. We have Venmo, PayPal, and also our online. So as we direct you this morning, if you choose to do this online with the direction of the ushers, We're just going to follow all the way to the back. And we have two beautiful ladies, one of them being my daughter, who will help you this morning. So if you will stand with me as we pray over the offering. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you this morning for all your goodness and for all your mercies, God. We thank you for everything that you have done, how you kept us, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Almighty God, for just the opportunity this morning that you've given us to give unto you. We pray, O God, this morning that you'll just bless each and every person, God, has given this morning. Father, make a way, God, for those that don't have to give, that they will. And I pray that you'll bless them a hundredfold. Hallelujah. We give you praise and thanksgiving for every day, God. You have given us the health and the strength, Lord God, to do the work. And that we are reaping the man's time. But, Lord God, we know that we are blessing you this morning. Hallelujah with our finances. May you bless each and every person this morning, God. We thank you in advance, oh God, for all that you're going to do for the remainder of this service. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Remain standing. Turn to the right, which is my left. And you are going to follow the instructions of the ushers. Everybody say amen.
3: be in his house. Your pastor is one of my dear friends, and uh, for those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Matt McFarland, and I'm privileged and honored to pastor the family church. When we found out you were having service, we canceled our service and those that could make it. We didn't bring everybody, but we brought a lot of people to be and celebrate with you. And I, I have something that I wrote down, but before I, I read that to you, I want to share something with you. I grew up in Indiana, and I grew up in church, and God called me to preach the gospel at the age of 16 years old. And one of the dominant mentors in my life. And I can honestly say it was through his church. And the the choir director that they had, Sister Mary. She's amazing. If you ever want to hear me talk about a worshiper, let me tell you about Sister Mary. But his name was John Martin. And he pastored an amazing church in Muncie, Indiana. And I learned... It was not my church, but he was in my district. And I learned how to worship in his church. And I took that back to my church. And we changed the way we worshiped. It was no longer sit and wait for the preaching, but it was I get a chance to love my God. I can never tell you all of the people that have influenced my life and have helped me, but one of them is pastor john martin and i've never been in any service where he was pastor where the worship and power of god was not displayed manifestly the chairs you're sitting on were donated by pastor john martin so i want you to know there is already a legacy of revival and church planting and influence that is already in the house. Who knows what Christ Center Church is going to impact in this district and beyond? Don't ever take yourself for granted. I'm going to quit talking because I'm not here to preach. To the letter that I've written. Dear Pastor Wyatt and all the precious members of Christ Center Church. Nine years ago when we planted the family church, my family and I were like a deer in headlights. We had moved to a new district and we very much felt inadequate for the mission that God had called us to complete. There was one thing I was confident in. Wayne Wyatt was my friend. And he wanted to do all in his power to assist me and the family church. It was shortly after that we began our journey that you here at CCC began yours. We started as a daughter work out of Pentecostal Tabernacle in Staten Island. And we're forever grateful for their leadership and support, especially in those early days. However, I have always told Pastor Wyatt that CCC and the family church are like sister churches. It has been such a blessing to grow in God together. We have been to the firehouse more times than I can count, and you have been to our place more times than I can count. We have been there for each other with unwavering support from the beginning. We have invested in each other. Pastor Wyatt's ministry has forever impacted me and the saints of the family church. I would like to think that God has also used my ministry to impact CCC for his plan for you and your journey. The times I've been blessed to deliver his word to you. And I conclude with this. We are family people. CCC and the Family Church have been joined together to reach the people of New Jersey with the gospel of Jesus Christ from the beginning. We at the Family Church acknowledge that no one is happier than you are to move into this beautiful church building and it is your right. We may not be the happiest to celebrate the new CCC building but I would argue that we are the second happiest group in this world to celebrate your victory today. God bless
0: you. If we can just stand to our feet one more time before the preach word comes, if we could just stand up. Just want to lift up and set the atmosphere
1: for the, for the preacher. Hallelujah. We bless your name, of Jesus. This Estamos...
0: Just lift our hands and just worship Him in this place.
1: You're worthy of it all, Jesus. You deserve the praise. You deserve the glory. Come on, let's thank one more time. Let's put our hands together this morning.
4: His name is Jesus. We welcome each and every one of you this morning to Christ Center Church, where Christ is our central focus. God has been good to us. So many- church congregation christ Center church my heart goes out to you if i could just sit here this morning and just let you just bask in the glory of god that will just do my soul well this was for you and for all the people that god will save and bring into his kingdom god established this for his purpose not for our purpose And so we're here this morning because God has given us an assignment and we will fulfill and we will complete the mission that God has called us for. Thank you to all of you. I can't begin to name names of how committed and dedicated you all have been to make this all happen. Everyone, everyone has been significant in this church and you are just the best church. Everywhere I go, I tell people their churches are the second best church. I went to Louisiana District the other day, and I told them how much Louisiana Louisiana has helped us. And I said, Louisiana District is the second-best district in all the UPC, but North Central Jersey District is the number one district. You are a special people. And we here today are the only ones that can reach the people in the Northeast. I thank God for anybody that He will send to help us. But we have what it takes to help other people know Jesus. The people that live in this area, we have what it takes to help them to know who Jesus Christ is. Keep encouraging one another keep helping one another, keep praying for one another because it is God's will that every person be saved he died for everyone he didn't die for some people he died for all people and if we have been saved, the least we can do is to help the Lord help somebody else get saved God has been good to us I thank God for my good friend, Pastor McFarland. We are just great friends and God put us together. It's so a God thing. And we just don't even think about it. We just love one another. Uh, his church, our church, we always fellowship as he said we've been there more times than we can count. They've been here more times than they can count. And it's a God thing. One of our great, strong members in this church, Pastor McCracken, works with him. And Pastor Father has started the Bible study with him and told him, I got a friend I just started the church. I want you to go with him and he will help you. And today, you know, your, your boss is still in the church, still serving God because you had a heart for a soul. Everyone, we thank you. And I would be remiss, if my wife mentioned it, but I just have to say it because I say it all the time. I could not be here this morning if Reverend Arthur C. Naylor did not answer the call to go to Trinity journey Germany many, many years ago. If he didn't answer the call, I don't know where I would be today. First Lady, he is such a soul winner. I will never forget this to you all. When I started going to church, just like everybody that starts going to church, give their life over to God. My pastor is such a soul winner that, you know, when you're in the world, you do crazy stuff. And I used to go to Philadelphia to get a haircut when I had hair. So I drove from New Jersey to Philadelphia every two weeks to go to the Philadelphia Hair Company to get a haircut. People thought I was crazy. But the barber was so good, I talked him up all the time. Mark Lightfoot talked him up. And so I told my pastor, hey, you've got that good hair and you need a good barber. Let me take you to Philadelphia. And of course, he got to make sure he checked with his wife. And she said, well, honey, go ahead and try it and see what happens. Because, yeah, yeah, your hair is a little hard to cut. And he came with me to Philadelphia Hair Company. We drove 45 minutes to an hour to go get a haircut. And he got his haircut. I got my haircut. And we drove back. But later on, after I start living for God, really, and get into just the things of God, I realized what he was doing. Big lesson learned. He came with me because he wanted to make sure he continued to disciple me and mentored me. And he came with me on a long drive because that was a really good way of helping a young Christian who had some potential of living for God. He, he saw the opportunity and he took the opportunity to drive with me, not because he needed a haircut, because he got good hair. He can throw water on it and just rub it and it just stayed nice and good. So he did not have to go to the shop with me one hour away. But he cared about a soul so much that he drove all the way to Philadelphia with me, got a haircut, and drove back, and we made the trip about two or three times. But I thank God for a man that had a heart for reaching the lost. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for Reverend Arthur
1: Caesar. I thank so much.
4: On, mm-hmm. That's a nailer right there. They start, you start seeing me preaching, you just say, mm hmm. They go a little past the nailer coming out. And it's all good because every one of us should have some tendency of our parents. They are my spiritual parents. And so I will say things they say, I will do things that they did because they hurt me into the kingdom with the Almighty God. They are my spiritual parents. And. That can never change. It can't change. Just like your natural parents cannot change, your spiritual parents cannot change. In the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verse number 13, I have a word from the Lord this morning. Lord, The Lord woke me up. Just like when over eight years ago he woke me up and told me what to go to the firehouse and talk to the chief and tell the chief that I wanted to start a Bible study and if it's all right, end up making it into a church. Just like the Lord woke me up that morning with that thought, this is the word that he woke me up with and said, this is what I will preach. I wasn't sure if it was him, just like I wasn't sure if it was him over eight years ago. And so sometimes the Lord speaks to you, he nudges you, he gives you a thought, and you're not sure if it's him. But as time go on, he will begin to just reveal certain things to let you know, that was me, here I am again, showing you this and showing you this. When we pursue this building I felt like it was him from the very beginning, the way how everything worked. But you can never be sure until something significant happened and you say, okay, that's the Lord. And I prayed the prayer and I said, Lord, if this is not your will, please don't let me spend your money. Got to know Moses taught me how to minister to the Lord. I said, Lord, don't let me spend your money carelessly. And go through all this process, and we can't buy this building. I said, Lord, don't do it. Shut everything down that we can't even go any further than where we are right now, so we don't waste any of your money. And as we kept going, the Lord kept opening doors. And he kept opening doors, and he kept opening doors until we got to this place here. This is the hand of God. Nobody else. Not me. Not anyone else. This is the hand of God. And God brought us to this place. In Exodus chapter number three, verse number 13, the scripture says that Moses said unto God, behold, I have come unto the children of Israel and shall say, he says, I am come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, the God of your fathers had sent me unto you and they shall say to me, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am had sent me unto you. And so, maybe about a week ago, the Lord woke me up with the thought to share with you today. Tell them, I am that I am. Tell the people I am that I am. One of the people that helped us to get here, so many people helped us to get here, but one of the individuals that really had an imprint on helping us get here was a man by the name of Paul Brantley. Paul Brantley became a faithful member to this church virtually. He lived in Staten Island. I'm sorry, Long Island, New York. And it wasn't easy for him to travel. His body wasn't what he needed it to be. He came to the picnic, but he was always faithful online every Sunday. As a matter of fact, he had taken over our online greeting. And he would get online and he would say, good morning, everyone. Actually, he said good morning, church, because he stole it from Brother Tom. But Paul Brantley, he would give sacrificially. He would encourage. He would just enjoy the church service. And I found out a few weeks ago, I went to pray for him. He was in the hospital. And I found out that he was just witnessing to everyone. His whole family would try to get him to go to their church. And he would tell them, no, you need to go to my church. And he would just tell us, tell everyone about the church. Well, yesterday morning at 6 a.m., interestingly enough, we had all-night prayer. Pastor, we had all-night prayer. Where do I know about all-night prayer? We we start we we schedule all night prayer first lady uh, Friday evening we Friday night we start at 10 p.m. and we prayed from 10 p.m. till 6 a.m. and we learned that from our upbringing from you and pastor and we watched videos preaching videos and teaching videos and we all taught a little bit we prayed and we were here till 6 a.m. 5.30, 5.34, Ethan took a video, you'll see the Spirit of the Lord just started moving in this place. People that were sleeping, as you know, all night prayer, people fall asleep, they wake up, all kind of things happen, right? And so everybody got up at that time at 5.34, running and screaming and shouting and praising God, and we had a great time. We left here a little after 6, and our good friend and faithful member of our church, Paul Brantley, passed away at 6 a.m. Saturday morning. We missed him. The doctors had told him he would have a few weeks, have one week actually to live and he lived for a month. And we missed him. We love him. He kid about the doctor giving him time. I've never met anyone. When the doctor told him that he only had one week to live, he said, okay. And you know, he told his family, is it okay if you all bring me home so I can die in my home? And they said, absolutely. And And he's been at his home. And one day, his wife or one of his children w- walked in and woke him up and said, Hey, dad or honey, uh, what's up? You're up? You want something to eat? He says, What day is it? They said, Friday. He says, Why am I still living? He made jokes while he was dying. Never met anybody like that. And so I love that man. We just had a special bond, and I'm going to miss him very much. Uh, March 25th, I believe, is his funeral, and we'll go up to New York and do his funeral. But I love him dearly. When he was sick and they, and they pronounced that he would die in a week, the hospital said, would you like us to send a chaplain to you? He said, oh, no, oh, no. I got my bishop. Call my bishop and tell my bishop to come up and pray for me. Ain't nobody praying for me but my bishop. That's just how committed he was to this church. He loved this church. And so we will go up and celebrate his life May, March 25th. And this morning I'm thinking about him. Thinking about how just wonderful he is and how much we miss Paul Brantley. But we know that life must go on and uh, we'll continue to do. When your loved one leaves you, the best you can do is just keep celebrating them, keep re- having good memories of them, but life must go on. You may be seated. I am that I am. If I say, I am. And not go on to explain what I am. I look pretty foolish. Because just saying that I am doesn't explain who I am. Somebody say amen. I must say something that I am after I say I am. If I say I am... I must say, I am something. I can't just say, I am. It's an incomplete sentence. It's, it, it doesn't carry any meaning to say, I am. I am what? I must say, I am something. I am a man. I am a husband. Or I am a father. Or I am an American. Or I am a soldier. I am a sailor. I am a preacher. Whatever it is, we need to say, I am something. None of us are just I am. We are all something. Mm-hmm. Only the almighty God can say I am without saying anything more. We can say I am, but we must finish that sentence to say who we are. But the almighty God, he can say I am and stop right there and that's all he needs to say. Why? Because God is God. Mm -hmm. Everybody and everything else in this world becomes something, but God just is. We are all becoming something from our birth to our death. Changing continually and becoming something different from what we are a minute before. We are changing by the moment. We are changing to become something every minute. We are becoming something, but we're not I am. We are becoming older. We are becoming wiser or more foolish. We are becoming stronger or weaker. Better or worse, even our bodies are changing and becoming different day by day. But God never changes or becomes anything different from what He is now. Meaning, His nature and His character never changes. God never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he is and who he is has always been. It's no changing in him. What he is, that he was and ever will be. God has no new purposes. Whatever was his purpose from eternity is his purpose right now. Did you hear me? Whatever God's purpose was, From the very beginning of our life, because he has no beginning nor ending. So however, whatever God's purpose is, from our beginning is still his purpose today. God has no new purposes. Whatever was his purpose from eternity is his purpose right now. And whatever his purpose now was, his purpose is for eternity. God never changes, and his purpose doesn't change. The way how society changes doesn't mean God changed. I've been saying it for the longest that we can say that, oh, you know, times are changing. Can I tell you the word of God that we have received from God, it cannot change because God and His Word is synonymous. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So if God says, I am from the beginning of our time, He will always be the I am. He doesn't change. Society changing does not mean God changes. Hold on. I got to stop and take a pause. Jasper Saunders. Jazz made it up in the house this morning. That's a miracle right there. Can I tell you all a secret? When God called me to start this church, I used to go to Brother Greenfield. But Gr- Brother Greenfield is saved. And I said, I got to go to a barber that I don't know if he's going to church or nothing. And my kid's been going to jazz all their life. So I said, I'm going to jazz. Because I can go to jazz and be a witness. And ever since I've been going to jazz, I've been praying for jazz and jazz family. And I will continue to pray for jazz and this family because jazz is a good man. He don't believe in some of the things, but I want to see jazz saved one day. I want to see jazz serving in the kingdom of God. And he brought his lovely wife with him this morning. I'm so glad to see Jazz and Kamisha, nice to have y'all. All All of our guests, it's just so good to have you, but Jazz is my barber, so I I didn't realize he walked in. But God and his word is synonymous, and we can't say because time is changing that we need to change. God established the church, and the church is not supposed to change because the times are changing. God doesn't change. His church cannot change. Because he established a church, the church will never change. We cannot make up our own stuff and do our own thing. We have to lead this church by the word of God. We got to go by what this book says and not what we want. Because the times may change, but God does not change. He is the I am that I am. He cannot change. He says, I'm God and I change not. And so God said unto Moses, I am that I am. Say unto the children of Israel, I am had sent me unto you. The word is that from which Jehovah comes. It expresses the idea of existence. In announcing himself by this name, exclude all notion of any beginning or any ending of his existence or that he is indebted to anybody. God has no beginning and God has no ending. Where did God come from? He came from nowhere. He always was. He never came from any place. God existed always. Get a hold of that because we can't get a hold of that. What do you mean God always existed? There was never a time. God exists out of time and space. So to, to just categorize it the way it needs to, God always existed. There was not a time nor any space where God never existed. The Bible says in him all things consist. So everything that exists came out of God. So God always was, always is, and always will be. He is the I Am. So what good is it just knowing that God is the I Am? Since we've established that God is the I Am, what good is it knowing that God is the I Am? Moses may have never quite figured out who the I Am was. He may have understood that I am was the self-existent one who always was, always is, and always will be. The faithful and dependable God who calls himself I am. He may have understood that, but he may not have understood the true meaning of who the I am really was. Hmm. So what good is it just knowing God is the I am? Israel learned that he is whatever they needed for every situation they encountered. So why didn't God tell Moses, I am that I am? Because God was trying to share with them that I am whatever you need. It's so many things that God will be for us when we need it that there's no need of naming everything that God will be. But what he wants us to know is, I am whatever you need. Whatever Israel needed, he always was. He didn't need to become whatever they needed. He always was what they needed. You hear me? God don't need to become what you need. God is already what you need. He doesn't have to become something because you got in a situation. No, 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 no. God is whatever you need no matter what the situation is that you're into. They needed, Israel needed a deliverer. He already was a deliverer. He didn't become a deliverer. He already was a deliverer. So when they needed a deliverer, God delivered them. They needed a defender and a protector. Guess what? God already was a defender and a protector. They needed a provider. Guess what? God was already a provider. They needed salvation. Guess what? He was already their salvation. Whatever you need, God is already that. He doesn't need to become what you need because he didn't bring you here knowing, that not knowing what you needed. God knew what every one of us would need before we ever even was born. He said, I formed you in your mother's womb. And so he said, I sanctify you. And so every one of us was called by God out of the womb. God is the one that's responsible for us being here today. And so he knew what we needed before we ever needed. He was what we needed before we ever needed it. I don't know if you're getting me this morning. That God already is what you need. And so while you're trying to figure out how is this going to work out for me? How is this going to be accomplished? God want me to tell you this morning, I am already what you need. We didn't get here because we had what it took. I remember when I told the church, we need $1.69 million to purchase this entire place. They looked around like, what is he talking about? Ain't no $1.6 million in this church. Uh, tell the truth. Y'all know, a few people have confessed to me that, Pastor, when you got up in front of the church and talked about we need $1.6 million to buy this, this property, we was like, are you okay Where where are you going to get $1.6 million out of this church? we just this little church in the firehouse, $1.6 million. Are you kidding me? I am was already what we needed. This is why we can't stop bragging on him because we know it wasn't because we had $1.6 million to get in here. We know we got here because I am says I am what you need. I am what you need. And so because I sent you, because I called you, I will give you what you need. We closed on this property December 29th. But maybe about a month before we closed, the Spirit of the Lord one Sunday morning moved on me and said, I told you, I've already done it. It's done. The Holy Ghost told me, it's already done. I was such a wreck. I couldn't even preach. I cried the whole morning. Because God told me before we was ever even here, before this was even what this is, he says, it's done. Because he can say that. Because he is everything that we need. And he is that before we need it. So while we're thinking, what is going to happen? How is this going to work out? God is letting us know, oh, it's already done. Nothing got to be worked out. It's already done because I am what you need. I don't have to become what you need. I am already what you need. Some of you might believe it. I don't know how many of you believe it. Whatever they needed, God was that for them. But I've read in my Bible that God is no respecter. (laughs) God is no respecter of persons. And so whatever Israel needed, God was already that for them. In John chapter 8, verse number 56, the scripture says, Your father, Abraham... Rejoice to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was... Before Abraham was, you know what Jesus was telling you? Jesus was telling you, I am the almighty God manifest in flesh. Jesus was telling us that the same God that met Moses in the burning bush to say, Moses, I want you to go. That same God... His name is Jesus. They didn't just know him back then, that his name would be Jesus, but he manifested himself that they may see him and know him. He says, I am. He wanted them to know, make no mistake about it. The same God that spoke from the beginning, I am he. There is no trinity. There is no three persons in one. There's only one God, and his name is Jesus. There's only one God and his name is Jesus. He wanted us to make sure we knew that it was him from the very beginning that is calling them now in that New Testament. The I am. The I am. There's only one God. There's only one Lord. There is only one faith. One Father of us all. In us all. And through us all. The almighty God. Is the I am. His name is Jesus. The almighty God. The I am of the Old Testament. Is the same God in the New Testament. And he identified himself here. That he is the I am. <laughs> Jesus. The same God. That spoke in the, in, the, in the wilderness to Moses. Is the same God of the New Testament. And his name is Jesus. He said before Abraham was. I am. We don't understand how significant that is to our faith. Because Jesus Christ revealed himself to us. That I am the God from the very beginning of your time. Because I don't have any beginning or ending. I just manifested. As a matter of fact, I would go and take it a step further. That Jesus in his mind, he knew he would come in the human flesh. So he taught in terms sometimes we read through the scripture to to let you know that I was before you all I just I just didn't manifest myself as human but in my creative mind I had created myself this way and that's why you are the way you are because I was creating you like I would be when I manifest myself so his in his creative mind in his mind he was already what he was when he showed up in the seat on the scene as human to say I am. It was already done. And so, he said before Abraham was, I am. So let me say this as I finish up here. Jesus revealed that he is, I am. And completed it by saying, in the New Testament, what did he say? I am the bread of life. He didn't just stop at I am now. In the Old Testament, he said, I am. Now we roll over into the New Testament and now here comes Jesus saying, I am. But he didn't stop it, I am. He rolled right in and he says, I am the bread of life. Then he went on to say, I am the light of the world. Then he went on to say, I am the door. Then he says, I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. I am the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. I am the first and the last. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and the morning star. Jesus came and revealed what God was trying to show us from the very beginning. He is Everything. In him does all things consist. He is everything. There is nothing that you need that Jesus is not. He will be whatever he needs to be to make sure you're good. He's already what he is. And what you need, he's already what it is. And so I finish up here by saying, the Lord Jesus is already what he needs to be for us. Don't you worry about how you will get through that difficult situation. The Lord Jesus is already a way maker. He is the way. You need him to open a door. Don't you worry. He is the door. If you have a backslid, if you have backslidden and fell into sin, guess what? He is the resurrection and the life. You can never be counted out with Jesus. You can never be counted out with Jesus because he is everything that you need him to be. If you feel dried up, if you feel like, man, I don't feel spiritual, I don't feel like I have, you know, the, the spirit of the Lord working in me, guess what? He is the resurrection and the life. He is the Holy Ghost. And so if you need to come alive this morning, Jesus can bring you alive. You just have to know that he is the one that gives life, physical life and spiritual life. Jesus is the one that gives life. The Lord sent me here to tell us all that he is the I am that I am. He wants us to convey the message Moses conveyed. And so many other of his prophets conveyed. But specifically, he wanted me to convey to you this morning the message that Paul conveyed to King Agrippa in Acts 26, verse 16. The scripture says, But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. So often when people say, the Lord spoke to me or the Lord visited me. Pastor, I don't know. Every time the Lord visited me, something was getting ready. I had to do something. And most people, the Lord spoke to them and, you know, the Lord doing something and they don't have to do nothing. That's not the Lord that I know. Anytime the Lord come to you, you're about to get into something. The Lord don't come to you and you just stay, sit pretty. When the Lord comes to you, you're going to have to do something. I mean, you can be disobedient and not do anything, but the bottom line is when he comes to you, he's coming to you because he's going to do something in you. And so he came to the Apostle Paul, and he said to the Apostle Paul, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in which I will appear unto thee. I like that. I will appear unto thee. You know what it means? The I am will just keep being the I am. Because when you're jammed up, he will show up and let you know I am. I am. When you're jammed up, he will show up and says, I am. I am. I am. We can't doubt him. We got to know that God will be whatever he needs to be so he can help us. In verse 17 he says, delivering thee, this is what he wants to do. This is what God has called us here to do. God wants to deliver. He says, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles. Unto now I send thee to uh, to open the eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them which are satisfied by faith that is in me. God called us here to help people get their life turned around. If we're not living the life that God wants us to live, we're here to help you live the life God wants you to live. Because that's what God is all about. The Bible says that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. The Bible says it's not the will of God that any should perish, but that all may be saved. God is wanting to save every one of us, not the way we want to be saved. Because all of us want to go to heaven, but we all want to go to heaven the way we want to go to heaven. You know what I can't understand? Will you let anybody come in your house any way they want? So why do we think God is going to let us go to heaven any way we want? Come on, let's, let's think about that. If you don't let anybody come in your house any kind of way. My wife had this man at the door, you, you need to take your shoes off. And she argue with me all the time because I don't take my shoes off. But that's my house too. But my point is, you don't let nobody come in your house any kind of way. Pick up my friend Jasper, my barber. He don't drink and he don't smoke. And you can't come up in his house smoking or drinking. He tell him all the time. He says, you can't come in here doing that. No, I don't have that in my house. And people people have gotten mad at him because he says, I don't drink and I don't smoke and you can't do it in my house. And some of you all have some rules in your house. People cannot come in your house and do whatever they want. So how are we going to get to heaven how we want? How are we going to get up in there with Jesus how we want? Don't we have to go by his set of rules? Don't we have to go by what he says? Don't we have to go by what he has laid out for us? How are we going to get there just by doing whatever we want? It's not going to work. So God sent us here to tell you how to get up in his house, if you will. He he, he has given us the keys. All the people that have been born again, repented of their sins, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, filled with the Holy Ghost and living a holy and righteous life, you have the keys to help somebody get up in Jesus' house. So if you have that, if you have the keys, you can open the door and get up in there. No keys, you can't get in. Now the worst thing is to think you have the key and when you realize you're trying to get in there, you don't have the keys. Can you imagine trying to get into the house? You think you have the keys and you realize some of you went went through that. You try to get in your house and you realize I didn't have the right keys. Now you can't get in. That's how some people are living for God, thinking they have the keys. They think they got the keys. And the time, help me Holy Ghost. You don't want to wait till the time comes for you to use it and you realize these are not the right keys. You've got to have the right keys right now. You've got to have the right keys right now to get up in God's house. Don't wait till you get to the door and trying and fumbling around with the keys and getting mad why they're not working. They're not working because you had the wrong keys. All along, you thought you had the right keys because you didn't want to listen to nobody. I remember, and I'm finishing up here. I remember when I read this, the, 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 the word of God, when God said to Joshua, Joshua, As I commanded Moses, my servant, as I commanded him and he spoke of what I command, so you command what Moses had spoken. I'll never forget that. If God never gave me a word, he gave me that word to let me understand what the man of God meant to me. And God showed me that. I told you all that when we had that service form in December. That God made me understand that his prophets and his teachers... And all the people that have been preaching the truth, they have been preaching to us. And some of us have dismissed it. Some of us have turned a blind eye to it. Some of us, I wonder sometimes, I say, I wonder how Pastor Nell feel right now. Because a lot of what he has taught many of us, we're not practicing today. We know it, we know it, we know it because he taught it to us. He preached it to us. But we're not doing it. And I'm here to tell you what Moses had preached to us. Y'all better get it. Because then, not because Moses is not preaching like he was preaching when he was 50. None of us gonna preach at 70 something like we was when we were fifty something. And so because Moses ain't preaching like he used, because you know Moses was full of fire. Moses walking on chairs, Moses standing up on everything. And so Moses is all over the place, running all over the place, and preaching with fire, and y'all know y'all was hearing it. And for whatever the reason is now, we're not living what Moses preached. Because the man is human, and he won't always be in in, in the state that he was in because we're all changing, right? That don't mean God's word is any different. God's word was no different. And so what he preached was the word of God. And I'm coming behind him and I'm preaching the word that he preached because he preached the word of God. Let's stand. Finally, the Lord Jesus is our salvation. The I am of the Old Testament, he is the I am of. Same I am in the New Testament. He just revealed himself a little bit more to us. His name is Jesus. Amen. And so finally, the Lord Jesus, he is our salvation. If you want to be saved today, mm, mm. Pastor, y'all going to be mad, but I guess Christ Center Church will keep coming back. Can I tell you this, Pastor? The other day I saw something. I saw a pastor baptizing someone. And this is how he baptize them. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, which is Jesus. And he went down and he bring him up. That's cute. That, that, that's, that's really, you know, crafty. Let me say it that way. That's crafty. Cute. Crafty. Show me that in the Bible. Show me that in the Bible. Show me that. I don't care. Well, no. Show me in the Bible when somebody got baptized and the preacher says, I baptize you in the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, which is Jesus, and go there. Show me that in the Bible. Nobody got baptized that way in the Bible. They either got baptized like John the Baptist, repent. And those got rebaptized when they realized you needed to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we baptizing people, and that's why I learned it from, again, Moses preached it. And I don't know why y'all are running from it, but when we baptize people, we baptize them in the name of Jesus Christ. Not in the titles, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, because nobody in the Bible ever got baptized that way. I say it all the time. I will give you a $1,000 if you can find somebody in the Bible that was baptized in the titles, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I'll give you a 1000 right now if you can show me in Scripture. I'll give you a thousand if you can find it where somebody got baptized in the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, which is Jesus' name. Amen. I'll give you a thousand for that too. Amen. I'll give you a thousand, and I will not lie. My boy on the drums, my son, when he heard that because he wanted a thousand, he started looking through the Bible. He's looking, Dad, Dad. I said, "Keep looking, son. Go ahead, look." He ain't get no thousand because he can't find it. Is not in the Bible. There's only one saving name. His name is Jesus. That's who went to the cross for you. I know he is, you know, you know we want to say, well, who's the father? Jesus. Well, who's the son? Jesus. Well, who's the Holy Ghost? So why we got to get all, you know, just Jesus. That's his name. You can call him all the titles you want. That ain't his name. Father not his name, Son not his name, Holy Ghost not his name. Jesus is his name. And so for us to be baptized the proper way, according to the scriptures, we must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name today, we want to baptize you. Because that's what the I am came to be. The I am is also your salvation. He's already your salvation. So if you want to be saved, you have to be saved the way that I am saved. You need to be saved. We came here. I believe God entrusted us with this wonderful facility because he knew we was going to preach truth. We're not compromising truth. Here's another one, Pastor. Many preachers think that in order to get facility like this, you gotta water it down and compromise. They don't believe you can preach and be apostolic to have this. Well, here's proof, baby. Here's proof, baby. We apostolic to the bone. From the crown of our head to the sole of our foot, we apostolic and we got this. And in case you don't know, this is the smaller part of the building. This is the smaller part. You like this? We have intent. Now, here is here is. Let me talk real long. Now, here is the deal. If y'all will reach some lost people, lost people, not saying people, but reach some lost people, we are gonna have a conversation with them, and we gonna say to them, listen, oh. we can't tell really you gotta go. Now you gotta be nice. We're gonna say, listen. Are being reached, and we need that space. So, if it's some way somehow you can find another place, we love you. So, if those are reaching people, we can knock down this wall right here. Just stop it. knock it down and expand out. The sky's the limit. We got so crazy that we said, "If the Lord." Counts, This will be the youth center. Main sanctuary at the ice skating rink. Then we're going to go to Hamilton Township. And we're going to say, we want to petition to change the name of tennis courts to Christ Centered Way. You know why? Because our children and our grandchildren and our children's children They gotta get saved too. And we are establishing an apostolic church here that will help this world. That our children will have some place to go. I've been standing for the longest. We don't need our children marrying unequally yoked people. We need them marrying Christian people. But in order for them to marry Christian people, we
1: gotta reach more people to become Christians. That's
4: what. Us today looking at this building we now. This is about us saying we want to do God's will. We want to reach the lost. We want our children and our grandchildren to be saved. And so the Lord takes us home. We want to know there's an apostolic church still going, still preaching truth, still reaching for the lost, and people are still being saved. That's why we're here. And so if you're here today and you've never given your life to the Lord, can do so. You don't have to be shy. You can just come forward. I know I have one to get baptized today. Come on, Mr. Brown. He started coming to our church. How long you been coming to our church? Three months. Maybe a little bit more. Maybe a little bit more. Not a little bit more, right? He said he wanted to get baptized in Jesus' name. He heard him say, come here. Your are going to get in. You're finally going to do what you're supposed to do. You won't argue with Jesus no more. She's going to be baptized in Jesus. Hand. She was baptized in the title. But she's going to be baptized in Jesus. Here
1: All. We've got roads. Well, so you don't have to worry about it. We've got roads that we can get baptized in. We've got towels. You don't have to worry about anything. Whatever you need, we've got
4: it. If you're nothing, that's when you get baptized. Huh? You've been procrastinating. You know you need to get baptized. prepared for us. If you're not from the family church and you're not from any other church, we would love for you to consider being a part of this church. I have this lady in the back in the the black. I still didn't get her name. The other day we went to rent, I went to Home Depot to rent a U-Haul truck. And she was helping me to get the U-Haul truck. And while I'm there, I'm talking to her and I said, do you go to church? But she said she went to a church that was a half hour away. I said, you want to drive a half hour to church or you want to drive seven minutes to church? She said, I prefer to drive seven minutes to church. And here she is. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. To all of our guests, Thank you for being with us today. you come back a second time, you won't be a guest. We'll adopt you as family. We're so glad that you came. Whenever you leave out today, be careful. Through our side door right here is our fellowship hall next door. The men's room are over there. But we have refreshments on sale. Go and get something and refresh your body. Get something to drink. Get something to eat. You can stay for our baptism, but we want you to hang around, love one another, greet one another, and watch the baptism. Thank you for being here. We love you. Have a great rest of your day.